Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trot, goal! So hello and welcome to another edition of the Glover's Past from the Glover's Cast. This is Dave and I'm flying solo today because it's an early morning recording for me, but a late night one for our guest. He was brought to Hewish Park by Russell Slade in the summer of 2007 and ended up the club's top scorer that season with 11 goals. He managed another in the start of the following campaign before leaving somewhat surprisingly. We'll ask him all about that and many other things, I'm sure. And if you hadn't guessed it already... Our guest is live and direct from Sydney, Australia, Mr. Lloyd Arusu. Lloyd, welcome to the Glovers Cast. What's happening, David? How are you, pal? Thank I'm you doing, for having me. I'm doing all right. No, thank you very much for, uh, for, for being with us. And you're looking nice and relaxed there, even at the end of a, a Sunday evening. Yeah, it's been a, been a long day. I've had a busy weekend with the kids, athletics. So uh, Saturday and Sunday with them. But hopefully, or oh, obviously now they're in bed and I'm just here chilling, relaxing. Fantastic. Right. Well, really appreciate you giving up your evening for us. So let's go straight into it then, because uh, as I mentioned there into the the introduction, you arrived at Yeovil, summer of 2007. I think we'd just fallen short in the League One player final um, that season or the the season before. Do you remember those conversations you had with Russell Slade? How did he sell the club to you at that point? You know what? It was was quite a difficult one in in respects of where I was coming from, because I was injured prior uh, with Brentford. That's my second season at Bremen. I had quite a severe injury. So going into the following year, into the sort of wilderness of not maybe even having a club. But obviously I worked on my fitness and then uh, yeah, the gaffer made contact with me. Spoke to a couple of clubs, but then the gaffer made contact with me and said, look, we're keen to have you here. Come and have a look. And then, uh, yeah, I came down, had a look. 
and uh, yeah, what what he what the project was all about, I was I was quite keen to be part of. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there'd been a bit of a, a turnover from from a Yeovil perspective. I think we'd, we'd lost Chris Cohen and Aaron Davis, who obviously been so instrumental the season before. There was there was a lot of change. You, yourself obviously came in, Paul Warren, Mark Bircham, some some experience. So it's a bit of a, a transformation. Do you remember what it was? What was the what was the target then? Was it you know, repeat, repeat what you did, what they'd done the season before? Yeah, it was, to be fair, when we bought, obviously, I, I, I believe we brought in a lot of quality and, like you say, a bit more experience probably just to help some of the younger boys who were around the traps at the time. Uh, but it was a matter of trying to do the best we can and obviously be in the top half of the table and then push for the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, uh, Russell Slade, was he someone that you knew? Had you known him from previous or was that the first experience with him? Yeah, that was the first experience I, I heard of the gaffer then, you know. Uh, but like I said, he was he was brilliant. He, he came in with... Uh, Open mind. He was a kind of guy who sort of knew what he wanted, knew, knew what the what he expected from the players, and uh, yeah, we all bought into it. Yeah, and as you say, you'd had a, a lot of experience at that point in the in the football league, not least with um, Brentford, but uh, Reading as well at that point, and, and Sheffield mm. Wednesday too, I think. So it, you you must have brought a lot of that that experience and that 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 nous up front, I su- I suppose. I, I guess that's what he was looking for from you, was it? And yeah, goals. definitely. Yeah, he wanted goals, obviously. He wanted someone who could lead the line for the boys and for the team. Uh, and obviously, with, with like you alluded to there, with my experience and what I've done in the past, uh, I knew I could bring that to, to Yeovil. And uh, yeah, it started off, didn't start off too bad. So, I, like I said, I did enjoy my time uh, when we first kicked off and uh, yeah, took it from there, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was just having a look back through the stats. And like you say, you had a, you had a very good start because by the looks of... Uh, this you got you got five goals in your first nine games, and but they're playing a lot of the time with um with Marcus Stewart, who's who's now back at the club as a mm. um on the coaching staff. But w- what was he like to play with? I remember watching him as a player and just thinking he must be a bit of a joy to be playing alongside. He's such a clever player. Yeah, Marcus's quality. Uh, he was a great guy. Obviously, me coming through the non-league days of my times at Slough Town and seeing him as a player coming through the ranks at Ipswich in the Premier League. Yeah. And to be able to play alongside him, you know, what I mean, he was very clever. He wasn't; it was never the quickest kind of player. But it was, it was just, it was just, like, he was just articulate in his in his in his game planning. The way he used to just be, just 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 the slight movements and what he would do, how he would drop into spaces to create space for me to get in behind. Just an all round good guy. And like he really helped me. You know what I mean, some of that much experience. He used to talk to talk to me a lot and and really strive me through. And yeah, really appreciate the, the, the time I had with him. Yeah, and I mean that's quite something, is it? Because you're a very experienced player at that time. But did you see? Were you given your experience on to maybe some of the the other players there and see seeing Marcus do the same? Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I mean, like I mean, back then we had some we, we had some young players coming through, uh, and then obviously we got a couple of players coming on loan. I forgot uh, what was his name. We brought him on loan from uh, uh, what really? Oh, I forgot his name now. A really good striker. I'm trying. Uh, you play, you, you play after, you play after, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, have yeah. a look. I'll have a look while we're talking. Yeah. So like a few, a few good, a good, a few good players, like youngsters coming through. So like I said, my experience as well to try and help them boys, uh, was was impeccable as well. So I, I really enjoyed that side of my sort of giving back to to the younger to the younger boys. Absolutely. Yeah. Once Simon Church was it? Was Simon Church? No, no, was Church, it Church wasn't there. No, Church wasn't there. The Church had come on when I was 
The church may have come on while I was there for a little bit. Yeah, I think he was there a little bit, wasn't he? But yeah, and then he obviously went on to do really well at Reading, didn't he? But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to have an hour to find out who that um, the other one was. But I mean, say looking looking back at the the start of the season, you you really did hit the ground running, didn't you? I remember uh, you scoring a very very late goal, (laughs) a winner at um, at Northampton on Northampton. Yeah, last kick of the game, last kick of the game, practically. it really was, wasn't it? But you scored some goals against you know, some 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 good sides here. I mean, Swindon were a good side, Brighton mm. uh, there as as well. I mean, did it? Did do you remember it just clicking for you when you when you first arrived? Yeah, just like I said, I always believe in my ability. I mean, I'm a striker, I'm an out and out striker, and I believe in scoring goals. If I get the right service, I know I'll always score. So uh, mm. I always knew going into any team I go in, if I get the right service, I know I'll, I'll be able to bag in the goals. Mm. And and that was the case there, was it? With the likes of Marcus, likes of Paul Warren behind you, you were getting those chances. Yeah, we, we certainly getting, like I said, the clever, clever players. You know, they'd be able to create the space, get the balls out wide to the wingers, and obviously the bo- the boys out wide would would put some great delivery in the box with myself. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and after that good start, we hit a little bit of a bump in the road. There was a three 0 defeat uh, home to Nottingham Forest, and getting revenge mm. for that uh, playoff semi final the, the season before. Do you remember that little bit of a dip? Was there? What, yeah, what it was? I mean, just look, it's part and parcel of football, you know. Uh, yeah, we had we had a little bit of a dip. How many games? I don't know how many games we we had. We went, we lost. To be fair. But you know, I mean, you get that you get that in football. But we just we just done the best we could do. Just extra training, worked hard together. Just try to get back collectively as a team, and uh, try to get back to get the results. Yeah, I mean, look again. I, I've got the results in front of me here. There was a three 0 defeat home to Forest, one 0 loss at Leeds. That's no no mm. no shame in there. But there were a few draws. So there's a draw at Bristol Rovers, obviously a bit of a local derby draw home mm. to Luton too. So yeah, it was um, a, a bit of a dip, I suppose. Just because of the way that you started the season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but like I said, it, that's, that's part and parcel of football, you know what I mean? It swings and roundabouts, as you know. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, there's one thing that you'd have known about Yeovil Town before before you came to the club was uh, the record in the FA Cup and obviously the, the importance that the club club puts there. It won, it, we had a bit of a, a stinker, didn't we, in the FA Cup in, in, in your season there, uh, lost um, mm. 4-1 on the telly at home to, uh, away, I think, at, uh, at Torquay. Now, Chris Todd, the centre-half, he scored two goals that day. He's, he's now um, on the coaching staff at Yeovil okay. as well. Yeah, so um, that was a bit of a strange one when he yeah, came yeah. in, remembering his name. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been a case with Yeovil on a few occasions where, you know, managers have lost their job and things like that mm. from, um, from going out of the FA Cup. Do, do you remember Remember that being a, a moment or was it just a, a disappointment because you want to do well in the cup competitions? Yeah, you always want to do well, but at the end of the day, that's the, that's the whole point in the FA Cup. You know, there's always upsets and unfortunately for us, yeah. we, we were the upset against them. So it is what it was. We just got to move on. Yeah. In your career, had you had many cup uh, like maybe in, in your early days, like Slough and so forth? Do you, do you remember yeah. having good cup yeah. wins or... Yeah, Bad I remember. Yeah, yeah, a bit of both to be fair. I mean, when I was yeah. in Town, we were obviously in the conference, and we we drew uh, we drew Cardiff in the in the league. Right, we, they were in the league. In the, I think they were back then. They were like probably league, the equivalent of league one now. Yeah, uh, and we played. We were in a conference. We got we took, we got them to a draw. We got them to a right. draw at our place, and then we t- they took us back to Ninian Park. I remember many years. Then uh, we even got a draw there at Ninian Park. And I think we lost on penalties. Right. Uh, so that that was a great experience playing against a professional outfit then. Yeah. Uh, but then, obviously, in my other careers, you know, what I mean, I played, uh, had a real good. We got, I think, with Brentford, we got up to the fifth round. Lost to Charlton, who were playing in the Prem at the time. We lost to them three-one. 
So I've had some had some good, but then on the flip side, I remember being at Brentford, then we lost to Kingstonian, who were in the conference, and right, yeah. we, we lost we lost two or three one or even to them at home. So that wasn't a, yeah. that wasn't a nice experience from our from our perspective. Yeah, that's the FA Cup for you though, isn't it? Like you say, it can be can pick you up or it can kick you wherever, can't it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, again, looking at the the teams you over were playing in that um, that season, we we played some some big teams. So you got Swansea, Leeds, Bournemouth, mm-hmm. Brighton. I mean, they they all had futures in the in the in the Premier League. Having come from Brentford, Reading, probably teams where you were. The, the the bigger gun it, was it tough for you to be the underdog in that respect or was it tough for some of the other players that were there that maybe had, had that higher level experience no not really not really at the end of the day it's, it's, it's no matter where it's, you are where you are for, for for that part of time in your career so for me I wasn't really I was just focused on what I could do for myself as a player and what I can do for myself to help uh, Yeovil at time to try and do the best we can and uh, that's how that's how I saw things yeah. And was that, remembering Russell Slade, he was, uh, you know, he was quite uh, watching him from the outside looking in. He was a direct kind of character and he, and he didn't seem to to fear a lot. <laughs> he obviously mm-hmm. um, you know, took, did, did he give you that uh, confidence and that instill that into you that you can go out there and we're capable of beating anyone? Yeah, he did. Like you say, the gaffer was, he was a very boisterous kind of manager. Yeah. I mean, like I so said, he's got a big, he's got a big presence about him anyway, you yeah. know. And uh, yeah, week in and week out, he would tell us, I mean, don't fear no one, go out there, give it your best, work hard. And uh, if, if, if that's what you can, if that's all you do and you don't get results, at least you've done the best you can do. So he was all right, the gaffer. Yeah. And how was he different? Because some of the managers you'd have come across, Martin Allen, I'm thinking in your, your second spell there, I mean, he was mm. a similar kind of, he was a bit of a lively character too, wasn't he? How, how yeah. was Russell Slade compared to some of the other managers he managed in your career? Yeah, all of them, all, like, like, like you know, every manager has different ingredients yeah. and, and, they, and they, 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 they do what they do. Uh, I mean, Martin, Martin and the gaffer, the gaffer, Martin and the gaffer, obviously, Russell were two totally different kind of characters anyway. Uh, that's another thing to talk about Martin Allen. But yeah, with Russell, <laughs> with, with Russell, he was more of a, he was still, he was still like one of the managers where he was, he could be aggressive and be in your face, but then on the flip side, he would know when to put his arm around certain players and, you know, I mean, give them that, just that bit of guidance and say, you know what, mate, don't worry, just keep your head up. Just keep grafting, keep doing what you got to do, and you'll be all right. Yeah, I think he was an ex-school teacher, wasn't he? So I guess okay. that probably taught mm. him a taught him a little bit about how to treat different people differently. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. What was it you responded to as a player? Did you need a bit of a rollicking at times, or were you one that needed a arm around the shoulder or a bit of both? Uh, to be fair, Dave, I was a bit of both. To be fair, you yeah. know what I mean, there was times when when things weren't really going to plan, and then obviously either Gaffer would be like, for example, Steve Copper was never a ran to a raver. He was always a good talker. Uh, yeah. I remember, but obviously then you got Martin Allen, where me and him, me and him had such a love, love hate relationship. But it was <laughs> there was so much respect where he would yeah. he would he would sort of bollock me, but it was in the right way. But yeah. it would get the best out of me. Yeah. So yeah, it just swings around about from from the gaffes that I've had over, over my career. Yeah, that's it. And it's, it's knowing when to do the right thing, isn't it? For the mm. for the for the player, you know, that's what man management's all about, I suppose. Well, exactly. I, yeah, I mean, just just going back to that that season with Yeovil, I, I I imagine the second half of the season probably didn't um, go as well. Just looking at the results there, that didn't um, particularly work out, and and your own goal return uh, dipped. What was it? Um, again, do you remember anything that that there was, or was it just you know, yeah, not, not just, having some great time? Probably the right hit nail on the head there. Probably just not just unfortunately for us as a team. 
Mm. We, we were going through a bad spell. Things weren't going well for us. I mean, that's one thing we never did. We, we never lacked to, to do things. We always tried to give it our best, but unfortunately, the other teams were probably better. And obviously, yeah. they, they got the results. So that's how it, that's how it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, was there a bit, obviously, the, the season before, the team had reached the playoff finals uh, in League One, which was probably nobody expected Yeovil to, mm. to, to get there. Was there a little bit of a hangover from some of those players who'd been there? I mean, Marcus Stewart was obviously there in that, in that, in that previous season. Was there a mm. bit of a hangover from that? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, because at the end of the day, I think they knew that they had got their own merit and they believed the guys who were still there. You know what, we've got, we've brought in, and he, he maybe brought in a, obviously a bit more quality and more experience. Why can't we go there again? So I would never think that it was a hangover season myself. I think the boys just, yeah, just again, it just, it was what it was. Yeah. Did it, did it maybe feel like a bit of an underachievement? I think 18th was the final um, position in, in, in League One. Were you disappointed to be in that bottom half of the table after... Yeah, um, without, yeah without a doubt. With, with having the kind of players that we had and yeah. and and to finish in 18th, it, it wasn't good enough as a club collectively and individually as players as well. Mm, yeah, I, I remember at the end of that season, there was there was quite a lot of rumours that you were, you, you, you were departing, but you, you had a uh, contract extension written into your contract and 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 you took it. I mean, it was do you remember was there an opportunity for you to go somewhere else that summer or was it always a case that you wanted to stay? No, a bit of both. To be fair, no, no, I'll tell you, no, when I think back, no, it wasn't at all. It was, it was all financial. A lot no. of it was financial because I mean, I mean, I was probably one of the top earners at the club at the time. Yeah. And I remember yeah, because I still signed. I did sign that. I did sign that second season because I think I only yeah. lasted about five or six games, and I ended up going on loan. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I ended up signing. But I think because of the finances at the club, they were quite happy to obviously get me off the wage bill and obviously try and save some money. So that I think, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, that that was the majority of the reasons why I ended up really, really leaving. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, like you say, Yeovil comparison with some of the other clubs that you play for much smaller mm. club like smaller smaller finances when when you when you took that that contract extension did you think the next the following season was that you were going to be a Yeovil Town player or was it was it being discussed at that point that maybe they could get you off the wage bill yeah for me it's all about obviously if I if I'd stayed there it was about trying because I still believed in my own ability that I could probably play at a higher still maybe get back even into the championship to a certain degree yeah you know or even a higher a higher team in League One, yeah. uh, so for me, it's, it's all about it's all about trying to get stability. To be fair, mm-hmm. as a footballer, as you, as you can appreciate, it's it's a short-lived game, so you need to try and get as much stability and, and length, longevity, uh, obviously financial because you've got mortgages to pay, family to look after. So yeah. that's that's what that was my thought process. Yeah, you've been fairly consistent by the look of your your, your career. There, obviously, a couple of spells with Brentford um, alone, and then and then signing for for Reading and and, and one at Sheffield Wednesday. It wasn't like you were a journeyman at that point, was it? It wasn't like you'd had fifty clubs or something ridiculous mm. like that. Yeah. You, you'd been fairly stable in your career up, up to up to that point. I guess when you get towards the end of your career, you do move yeah. around a bit more. You do. It's true. Funny you say that because a lot of people look at my they look at my Wikipedia and say, "Oh, Lloyd, you've had a lot of clubs." Yeah. But realistically, I'm not. Had, I don't think I've had a lot of clubs because, yeah. especially like you say, the lap, the, the beginning of the stages, I was I was four years solid at Brentford. Yeah. Then I went to Sheffield Wednesday. I signed, actually signed a three-year deal there, but because of certain things that happened there, yeah. I ended up leaving. But then obviously from there, I went back to Reading. And Reading, yeah. I signed a two-year deal. I was there for a year and a half. I was there for the whole, nearly the whole two years. But then the following season, Steve Cobble said I couldn't, he wasn't guaranteeing me that I would play. So I, obviously, again, I need to look out for myself. 
mm-hmm. came back to Brentford, signed a two-year deal, saw out the whole two-year deal. Uh, but obviously, unfortunately, the second season, I got their major injury to the groin. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously, the following year, signed with Yeovil. Yeah. Uh, so I know only obviously the gaffer, because he knew I'd come from an injury, just signed on a one-year deal. But I, like you said, I ended up being a leading goal scorer. So I think the club were happy to offer me another another extension for the year. But then yeah. the financial, but then then I sort of left because of financial, not because I really, really, really wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. So again, I've got to look out for myself. And that's when I ended up going to Cheltenham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but before before we get on to your to, to your leaving, you did like you say you had four or five games at the start of that following season in in, in two thousand and eight. Um, I remember, I think it was your maybe your second from last game against Leeds at at, um, at US Park. You scored mm. uh, you scored that one for uh, I think it's a rebound from a penalty, wasn't it? Do you, do you remember that one? Yep, yep. I, I, should, I mean, I mustn't know when I because I. I, was, I don't think I was even a designated penalty taker. Right. So I remember that. Yeah, but obviously I stepped up to take it. Obviously I remember taking it. I think I placed it to the goalkeeper's, goalkeeper's right. He's like, it's bounced back, come back to me. And then obviously I slotted in on the rebound. So uh, I was lucky to get that back in. Yeah, look, looks of it. You come off the bench quite early on here. It says, uh, says uh, you came on after 15 minutes um, for... Okay. Uh, Danny Schofield, yeah. So, um, so yeah, you 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 come on and you, uh, well, there there must be. I guess as a as a striker, seeing something, seeing a ball come back at you, there's a little mm. bit of uh, heart in the mouth in there at that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, yeah luckily I got I got the rebound in. So, <laughs> yeah, that's all you want, isn't it? But I mean, uh, talk about these play, these teams that we played. I mean, Leeds here, they've got. Uh, I mean, Jermaine Beckford's in there, Luciano Becchio, Snodgrass, yep. Dave Prutton. There's some Good players in that team, isn't there? The they had some, they had some big players that year. They had some really yeah. good players. So, uh, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose, yeah. In comparison, it was uh, a little bit of little old Yeovil, wasn't it? But, yeah. um, but I must, I guess it's players. You, you can't think like that, can't you? You can't think this is a massive club, Leeds United. Mm. You've got to think we we're going to beat them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Eleven against eleven, isn't it? At the end of the day. But by the yeah. way, I just, mem- I just remember that name, Dave James Walker. Oh, James Walker. Yeah, no, yeah, I do know what you came, mean. Yeah. Yeah, he came on loan, young lad, and yeah, he was another guy we, we guided. So yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I remember him. Right. Um, so so yeah, like I say, yeah, I, I think looking at the results, there was another um uh, substitute appearance a game up at, at, at Carlisle. And then and then you went to Cheltenham signed for them by the um mm. by the looks of the record books here, um on a on a on a one year deal. Um mm. do you remember how that one came about? It it was it just that uh Financial from the Yeovil point of view, and and Cheltenham yeah. were just available. Yeah, it was obviously financial, and then Cheltenham, I knew they were looking for they were looking for a striker. Yeah, and because uh, we were, we're in we were in the same yeah we were in the same league, weren't we? we That's we were right. Yeah. Same, yeah. So obviously ended up going to a rival team, but again, yeah. I, I I had to look out for myself if if the club couldn't really really afford me at Yeovil, I, I had to obviously look out for myself. So ended up going to Cheltenham and signed the year contract there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and and he did come back by the looks of this. He said it looks like Boxing Day gamers won all at uh, at, at a Yeovil, and then um, probably more memorably, you you went on loan to Brighton, and you were part of the team that <laughs> that whacked us five 0 weren't they? At um, yeah. down at uh, they'd have been at the the with team with a big running mm-hmm. track around the pitch then, wouldn't they? Yep, yep. I remember that. So that was uh, yeah. When I played, obviously played for Brighton then, and then scored against Yeovil. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, again, yeah. But it was Russell Slade there, wasn't it? Russell Slade had brought he brought brought you back in. I mean, was well, it... he was he had he had he he didn't actually he didn't actually bring me in. He oh right. uh, it was now he he came a week after. 
after I'd, ah, I'd okay. arrived. So I, I came in from uh, with Dean, a guy called Dean White was a caretaker. Right. After, uh, yeah, Dean White brought me in. Uh, and then, 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 then they were obviously talking to Russell and then the gaffer came in from then. Yeah. What did you think when he walked in the dressing room at Brighton? Did you, were you thinking, was, oh, got him again? Or were you thinking, oh, yes, like yes, yes and no, yes and no. Because like I said, I thought he would have wanted to try and sort of look out with me with all the financial stuff before to try and sort yeah. of really, really keep me. But then it didn't really happen. But yeah. then when he, but, but, but I always knew he was, he was a good guy and, and he, he did like me as a player. He knew what I could do. And obviously we had a great time at Brighton anyway, so. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And some decent players. You played long, long, alongside that. I mean, was it a bit um, strange playing against uh, people who were your teammates at the start of the season? I mean, looking mm. at the defence you overlaid out that year, um, that that game where you, I say, Brighton beat us 5-0. Terry mm. Skiverton, obviously a yeah. legend at, yeah. uh, at, yeah. at Yeovil, Terrell Forbes, Lee Peltier, yeah. Nathan Smith, those kind of players. Was it strange playing against them or was it a bit of a challenge to beat your mates? Bit of both, bit of both, because them, them, them four names you just rolled off now. They were, yeah. they were close mates. I, I mean, even yeah. to this day, I still speak to to Forbes. I still speak to Skiv already last week and, and Peltier as well. Yeah. So uh, it, it was a bit of a surreal moment, but it was at the end of the day, you've got, I've got to look out for who's uh, who's paying my my wages at the end of the day. Yeah, I bet Skivo gave uh, gave you a couple of kicks, didn't he? Or is that a couple yeah, of kicks? He tried to get near you. get near me. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, I, I've got to ask you about it because, as I say, he's obviously Mr. Mr. Oval, obviously no no longer with us. But mm. what what was he like as a you know play with a lot of leaders in your team? And we always remember Terry Skivett as as one. Was he like that? Yeah, top 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 draw, top draw. Yeah, yeah to be fair, Skiver was a was a great guy first and foremost, a great leader. You just had a lot of respect for him. He, like I say, he's been at Yeovil for God knows how many years. Yeah, and uh, we he, he really looks after everyone at the club. Yeah. Was he seen as that? When you came in, was he like the one that, that went to you and uh, yeah. welcomed you into the club, that kind of thing? Yeah, because yeah, definitely. Because you know him, because I already knew him as well. Right. I mean, played, played, played against him many a time. Yeah. I just knew of him as a person. And yeah, he, he was quality. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a bit of a strange question you're asking now because uh, Ben, uh, one of my, my podcast um, colleagues yep. here, has been telling me, he said some of your, your um, celebrations, I think he's been watching you back on um, uh, on YouTube to, uh, to see some of this. Mm. And he said some of your celebrations were a bit interesting. He said Anthony Barry, now there's another name that uh, I've yeah. forgotten about. He's doing well for Yeah, I spoke to him last week, yeah. Yeah, he said he, he said Andy Barry seems to mind knocking you on the head in yeah. one of the uh, one of the things. He said, was there much practice went into some of these celebrations? No, no, that one, that one there, that was just a coconut one because it was a, a con, uh, like a conker because they always because I had a bald head like this. Yeah, all the boys, all the boys would say I always got like a conker head. So <laughs> said he just like you know when you were, you know you were a kid you know when you were a kid you used to get the conker on the yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> right, so that was him. Yeah, he was yeah. playing conkers with your head. Okay, okay, yeah. With my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Ben's uh, obviously picked up. You've you've got some. You're, you're a bit creative in the celebrations. Yeah, by the yeah. sounds of it. Yeah. The what? The only one I remember for you was raise the roof. I remember that. Yeah. I remember you, yeah. yeah. That was, that was, that was my trademark. That was that was my trademark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, just just going on to that, uh, mention Anthony Barry. But when you look in that squad. There's some names here who've gone on to do very well in uh, in, in in coaching. Now, just yep. so you got Nathan Jones, obviously now manager of Southampton. Yep. Le- Le- yep. Lee Morris, player, is coaching out in the, uh, in the US. Marcus oh, Stewart. He? Okay. Yeah. yeah, he said we, we we did a we did a chat with him a couple of um, episodes ago. I'll send you a link. Okay. Oh, brilliant. Uh, yeah, he had a he had a he had a, some really good stories. Lee Morris, um, South, yeah. South Carolina, I think he's out in. Oh, but, brilliant, um, brilliant. Yeah, 
Um, so Marcus Stewart, Paul Warns, obviously manager at Derby now, Andy Derby, Barry yeah. on the coaching staff at Chelsea, uh, Steve Mildenall, Justin Cochran's at Man United, I think. Scott Guy at Terry. Oh, Brentford. 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 Yeah, just as at Brentford now. Right, and um, yeah. uh, and then Scott Scotty Guy. Scott's here and, in Brisbane. Scotty's here yeah. in Brisbane in Australia. Yeah, and and Skivo. I mean, they, they, there's a lot of coaches there that went on to be yeah. be very successful. I mean, when you were in that team, did you see people that you thought, yeah, he's going to go on and and do really well as a coach, or, or yeah, yeah, and reason being, all them names you sort of rolled off there, we we all were undertaking our badge at the same time. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah. So I, mean, I must admit, I, I was a bit slack. I was I started it and then I sort of dropped off and, and stopped doing it. But yeah, yeah Skivo, Skivo. I remember Jonesy we kept doing it. Uh, yeah. A few of the boys they they carried on doing all their badges and obviously they've progressed on. I mean, I've done all mine now here in Australia, but they kept yeah. on doing theirs in the FAM. Yeah, fair play. Look where they are now. So fair play to them. Yeah, yeah. Was there one out of that little group that you thought, yeah, he's gonna go on and be a top top manager? Yeah, yeah. I mean, would I, would I say top manager? I knew, I knew they'd be good coaches because uh, just because of their, their passion, their love of the game. Yeah, you know, uh, some good boys there who just love football, and I could tell when they got older, they'll they get into the coaching roles, and and, and again, it's proof and pudding. That's what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Nathan Jones, obviously now managing in the uh, in the Premier League. Does that does that surprise you that he's gone that high? Nah, nah, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. With Jones, he's always ambitious. Yeah. He's done his he's done his yards in the championship, you know. Obviously with Stoke and Luton respectively. Yeah. So the opportunity's come now. All I wish he's I know he signed a three year deal. I hope he, he does well and, and and kicks on his coaching career. Yeah, another one of them ones that as a player, he always seemed like he had a laser light focus, didn't he? I think amazingly um fit as well. For, for... Oh, so oh, too fit, too fit, <laughs> one of the one of fits I've ever played with, one yeah. of the fittest ever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Loved to step over as well, didn't he? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but I mean, there's, there's a couple of pranksters in that squad that you were playing, um, that the, the, the you were with there as well. Did you, did you ever get in a, any trouble when you were at Yeovil? You have a couple of uh, couple of wind up merchants in there. Uh, yeah, was, I mean, but Mark Birch was number one, yeah. like, he, he was number one wind up to be fair, and even Skid yeah. to a certain extent, uh, and even Jonesy as well. Uh, trying to Forbesy, Forbesy thought he, was, he tried, he tried to be a bit of a, uh, a joker, but. Yeah, a few, a few, a few little funny ones there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've been trying to get hold of Terrell Forbes, so we may have to ask you out to I'll do one him, of these. Uh, yeah, we want to do one him. of these chats with him because uh, whenever mm. we ask, we ask supporters who they want to hear from. Terrell okay. is one that comes up quite often. So, um, I'll so yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave a message him. I'll message him tonight after we finish, and I'll tell him. Yeah, oh, do do. Yeah. yeah, give him, give him, give him our email. Well, yeah, it'd be great yeah. to get him on as well. So. Definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, so your Yeovil career, relatively short, maybe fifty games by the looks of it, or, or mm. just over. I mean, do you do you look back on it in your career and think, yeah, that was a that was a good a good spell. I had a good time there. Yeah, look, it was it it was what it was. I mean, like I say, Yeovil's little old Yeovil. Uh, yeah. I made some I made some uh, good connections there with people I still talk to as in yeah. players, and I guess it, that's the journey of my football. Is that's where it took. That was one of the teams that I. Had the pleasure of playing for. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose as a when you're a kid, you're growing up. What you want to do is to you know get paid to play football, isn't it? So it's, it's nice to hear as a supporter that thing that it is a play. Whoever you're playing for, whatever happens, it's just a pleasure to be playing football mm. professionally. Exactly. Spot on. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you're a 
Brentford Hall of Famer, obviously. So, uh, mm. and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the listeners this because they didn't see it, but Lloyd did have a Brentford background on when he uh, <laughs> when he flicked on his Zoom today. So we know where his loyalties are. But, uh, but, but what what were your loyalties like in um, in 2013 when you over in Brentford played? I mean, I, I'm guessing your connections to Brentford, you must have been rooting for Brentford that day, weren't you? Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. uh, Brentford Brentford's my diehard club from day yeah. dot. They're the ones who gave me my first opportunity in football, and uh, like you said. Uh, I've, I've been lucky enough and honoured to be part of their Hall of Fame at the yeah. club, and uh, then, I, then I had another couple of years there. So overall, yeah, it's a great place for my for my footballing career. Yeah, and what a what a story they've had in in, in the last few seasons, Brentford yeah, as well. Lovely new ground, Premier League. I mean, does yeah. that surprise you as well? When you remember you being a player there, that they've gone on to do so well, or was it always on the cards? I wouldn't say it was always on the cards. Obviously, as as a as a as a business and an entity, I guess. Every club who starts in the professional league wants to get to the promised land, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But once they were in the championship over a couple of years when they were quite regularly in the top six in the playoffs, I think they had a, that they had they saw that reality going forward that you know what, we've got the ambitions and the drive to to be a premiership club one day. Uh, obviously a few disappointing playoff finals, but then after it when they got that last one, it was yeah, it's brilliant. And they've hopefully they've started off pretty well in this premiership season as well. So fingers crossed yeah. it continues. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, I've got, got to talk to you about your, your career after you left Yeovil because you've, you've been quite a few places, haven't you, in, in, in your time? I mean, mm. uh, Brighton <laughs> to start yeah, with, yeah. but then you went uh, by the looks of, if your Wikipedia is anything to go by, Adelaide, a, tr- a trial yeah. in China, Cyprus. Yep. I mean, yep. uh, what, what's Australia in, in particular offered you and, and, and made you want to stay there? Yeah, you know what, David, it's all about lifestyle. Obviously, I was at Brighton, went on Brighton. Did, I thought I did fantastically at Brighton uh, when I went after my Cheltenham spell. Uh, last two, three months, you know, I mean, 14 games, uh, yeah. seven goals, saved them from relegation. And to be fair, I always wanted to stay in England. Uh, for what I did, for what I did with Brighton, I wanted to, I wanted a, a, a two-year contract, and it was no lighter to the gaffer at the time. I said to Russell, I said, look, I want a two-year contract, on even on less money than what I was on. He was only offering me a one-year, and I said, look, I think. For what I did, I'm not, not not that I'm entitled to it, but I felt I just believe with what I did for the club, I thought I need that long term longevity at least a couple of years because I wasn't getting no younger. Uh, I I was always still a fit player. I was always playing regularly, uh, but they only offered me one year, so I said no. Nah, I just I couldn't I couldn't take it. I wanted a bit. I wanted some more stability. So the opportunity came about Australia, and don't get me wrong, I wasn't even to be fair, I wasn't even too keen. But then I said to them, look, if they want me to come out, I can have a look. So I went out there, had a look. And yeah, it tickled, my, it tickled me and I was like, you know what, this could be something nice and uh, ended up signing for Adelaide United. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 like you say, you had a few players. Indonesia, it looks like. You had a, you had a spell in Indonesia, is that right? Tell us what, uh, what was that yeah. like? So I, was, I went to Indonesia. So my friend, my, my friend Simon McMenemy, uh, he's actually he's actually from near, uh, he was from like Brighton away. And he's he was the head coach of a team. So he wanted me to come as like a player assistant coach. But what happened was because it's so weird, although I've had such a long career as a professional, the team I was playing for in Adelaide when I sort of saw so called retired, it's like it's the it's the level of like the conference south. So it's it's a semi-professional. Okay. So when they when they when they came there, they the Indonesian FA said I can't sign because they deemed they deemed me as a semi-professional player. Although my career, my my CV is, I mean, I've been a pro all my, all my life. So I end up there six weeks in the end. They tried to they tried to pay some people money here, there, everywhere. And I thought, you know what, well, I can't be bothered with all this headache. I just ended up coming back and then uh, just carried on playing in a semi-professional league in, in Adelaide and then took it from there. 
yeah, yeah. Now, now Ben, who I mentioned a couple of times, he's uh, he's done his um, he's done the research uh, in, into you here, and he said he'd uh, he'd really enjoyed reading about what you've been doing since your your, your retirement from playing. Because mm. it doesn't sound like you've been uh, you've been quiet. There's there's DJing. He said there's acting in a, in a commercial for an opticians. He said a, mm. a film set with Gerard Butler. Is this yep, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. So you're gonna have to tell us how do you get a job. As a, in a commercial for an optician. And how did you end up on a film set with Gerard Butler? Go and tell us that. Yeah, so obviously after my football career, sort of, even though I was still playing semi-professional, yeah. uh, I signed up with a couple of modelling agencies. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I started doing a bit of modelling and TV, and then I ended up getting some TV commercials. Did quite a few. Done a, yeah, like you said, done a, done a one for an optician, done a couple of others, done a couple of TV series like uh, Deadly Women, which is like a true reenactment. I did did that. Uh, I right. did one called uh, and then a Danger Five, which was a Australian was an Australian comic sort of. Uh, I had a little gig in that. But then right. a Gerard Butler, then a one with Gerard Butler was uh, Gods of Egypt. So uh, again, just with the agency, they put me through, and I, I ended up being one of his guards in that movie. So you, right. you, don't, even see, you don't even see my face in it because we're all masked up anyway. So ah, I did okay. That. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, done yeah a few like I said a few little modeling gigs, uh, TV commercials, and I've done a couple with my daughter. Uh, so yeah, done that and just, just yeah, just expanding, just trying to add an extra string to my bow, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I say to talk about people, footballers who think, oh, footballers who just go on and get a career in football. I mean, you've done, you've done a lot there, haven't you? Yeah, I've done a lot. You know, I've, yeah. I've done that. I did it. My my main I aim as well after, especially coming to here in Australia, was to try and be try and do quite a lot of the TV stuff, especially with Brentford being in the Premiership. Yeah, but it just happened. Unfortunately, I had a just about to have a gig with Optus. To do all the to do obviously Premiership games with especially with games with Brentford involved, but then obviously COVID hit, so there was no there was no there was no time to get into the studio because everything was shut down. So it was a bit unfortunate there, but hopefully in the future that that will that will turn around. Uh, and in the meantime, I'm uh, coaching now in a private elite in a private elite school. I'm uh, the discipline master there as well. Yeah, it says here behavior master. Go on, tell it. What, what yeah, you have to yeah. do? Is, is this where Russell Slade comes in? Is it? Yeah, like uh, remember <laughs> yeah, so him. That- yeah, so for me, it's, it's a great role to be fair. So I'm at, a, I'm at one of the top private elite schools in Australia. Right. Uh, but I'm like the middleman between the boys and the teachers. So I'm, I'm sort of like the big brother to, right. the, to, the, to the boys and just a mentor in a way. But so I look after all the behaviours. I mean, so I do all the detentions. I, I deal with all the investigations. If anything happens bad around the school with the director of students, uh, just I'm just really a presence around the school, really. So yeah, uh, it's, it's a real good it's a real good job. And, and I'm really enjoying it. It's really it's really uh, it's, it's, yes, it's good. It's just a good role. It's yeah. a good role. So if you if you remember back the Oval days, who was the behaviour master? That sounds like it could be a skivo kind of role. That was he the one uh, who sorted it out in no, the dressing room? No, I would honestly say more more Jonesy. You know, Jonesy. Yeah, yeah, more Jonesy. He was more. He was more the more serious and like, I mean, there's not much anyone listened to 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 skiv as well. But I think Jones was a more. I mean, he was really that one who would really yeah. put boys in check. Yeah. Yeah, you always hear about the players in in in, in teams who uh, they talk about them like being the manager on on the pitch, that kind of mm. thing. And obviously, mm. yeah, we've had a lot of them have gone on to be managers. Um, exactly. So yeah, exactly. that's the experience for you, I suppose. Exactly, definitely. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Lloyd, um, we always finish these things with um, just uh, asking players to just say. Um, obviously, got a lot of Yeovil Town fans uh, listening to yeah. this, and they'll all remember your 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 time there. What would be the one thing that you you'd like to say to to Yeovil Town supporters before we go? 
yeah, I, 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 so for me, it's all about the supporters, you know, always yeah. made me feel welcome uh, on and off the pitch. You know what I mean? And when we were on the pitch, they would, they would, obviously we had times when we weren't going through the best and obviously, you know, fans can be against you, but then on the flip side, they're always, they're always for you because at the end of the day, they know you're there to try and give it your best. So for me, I always like to thank the fans for making me, uh, making me part of, part of that club. And uh, I enjoyed my, my time there. Fantastic. Well, really appreciate you giving up your evening to speak to us, Lloyd. Much appreciated. Give Tyrell Forbes our name. We, defi- we, we, we definitely want to have a chat with him. So, uh, so yeah, if he's up for it, um, pass Thank on my you. email or whatever. And I will. We'll definitely get in touch. Much appreciated, Lloyd. Have a, have a good evening. Thanks again. Thank bro. you. Cheers, Dave. Take care. Bye-bye. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 